3: Jenna X is in the building this morning, and she's on here every Tuesday now. And I guess I'll give myself an introduction. I am also here today. Today on Good Morning (laughs) Crypto, we will be discussing how Ripple and Coinbase are together in the UAE, both criticizing and dismissing United States regulation, as key officials discuss how these two companies are creating a catalyst for global crypto adoption. Ripple's ODL is live in over 13 African countries today, as the SEC has only five days to respond to Coinbase and answer nearly 50 crypto questions. Could this help adoption in the United States? And with Microsoft, Goldman Sachs, and several other billion-dollar institutions launching a private blockchain for institutions, we break down the details, showing our community how big banks are creating the greatest financial opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, as you can tell, my voice is still recovering this morning. I feel like it <laughs> might be a little bit annoying for our listeners out there. So I'm going to drink some water and power through it. But how are you feeling, my friend? And nice shirt. Thanks for being here.
0: Ah, you know, yes. I t- So there's a story behind the shirt. So when we were going for breakfast the day after uh, the show, we, we met with the guy who was passing these out, who actually made them at the XRP conference. And he's like, oh, here, take one. You know, I promised him I would wear it on the air. So, so, Chris, if you're out there, here it is. The back is really cool abs. I don't know if you guys can see it. It's got David Schwartz back there flying on a rocket to the moon is a really cool shirt so thank you chris love you appreciate you but good morning to all the war maniacs i love you appreciate you guys all i'm super excited today not only yeah your voice my voice too is a little kind of shot today but it's so excited to be here every tuesday with jenna in the house jenna we're happy to see you how are you feeling today Absolutely. Oh,
1: man. Well, it's awesome to be here with you guys, too. I am still recovering as well. Um, I was telling abs before we started it just takes longer now, right? So but it was such an awesome experience. And I almost wore that same t shirt, too. I was like, I'm gonna put this on them. Like, no, I gotta wear Merlin for Johnny. But <laughs> it would have been so hilarious if we were all three, like triplets and didn't even try it. But oh my god, what a great, amazing experience over the weekend. It was just like, literally, fulfilled me. So heartwarming. I am so excited to get into the show today. I'm pushing through just like abs, but let's do it.
3: Let's rock and roll, guys. And with 180 live listeners joining us, show us some love, smash that like button. And we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index, Johnny, it's in greed. This Actually, it's in neutral down nine basis points from yesterday, sitting at a 51. When we look at the daily movers, it's red across the board, but we've got BSV up nearly 30%, LIDAW up 12%, and BGB up about 9%. When we look at the toned, total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at 1.13 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 47% dominance, Ethereum is about 20%. Uh, Bitcoin is sitting at 27,500. So we're getting some bearish price action. Ethereum, 1,800. XRP is 42 cents. Cardano is 36 cents. Chainlink, 650. LiDAO, 190. And Quant Network, Sitting at 104 this morning, and Johnny Crypto, I was looking at the XRP price chart, but you know what else caught my attention? The Quant Network price chart is looking pretty great. So, what are some of the things that you're watching? And then we'll hear from John.
0: Yeah, the things I'm watching, Abs, um, is actually I was in the process of making a banner here, so <laughs> sorry. Uh, but um, you know, one of the things I've been looking at, Abs, and I think I told you this, uh, and, and I think I might even share it here and there. Is I'm a you know, I like I like the gaming stuff. And so right now, Abs, I've been keeping a really close eye on, uh, I always say it wrong, Myra, Myra, it's M-Y-R-I-A. It's kind of like another gaming coin similar to Gala. So I've been looking at that one, and um, so I like that one. And apparently, Abs, it looks like Gary Gensler is looking at us over here. uh, But happy to say that, you know, Merlin is following all the legal rules and things we need to do. And it's so nice to see Jenna. We're representing
3: Maryland. So that was Gary awesome. Gensler's got bigger fish to fry right now but Speaking <laughs> with the XRP community this weekend. We know Gary Gensler's on the hot seat and Jenna, we're about to show our listeners this really interesting video. of Brad Garlinghouse speaking in Dubai yesterday. He made two major announcements. The first one, they spent $200 million so far fighting the SEC in this battle. But the second big announcement is they could be exiting the US and actually opening up a headquarters in Dubai. So what does that mean to you? And uh, what else is on your mind?
1: Well, he's spoken about this before, right? He he's said, hey, if the US will last operate, we'll move our headquarters to Dubai. So I think it's amazing to see him over there. And, you know, just it was huge to see him. I didn't actually see him at the conference, but to know that he was there and just um, how much he was grateful for the XRP community. And just to give everyone like that, like, hey, we're going to win this thing. I think that that was absolutely huge. And I don't think it was meant to, you know, pump the price or anything like that. But just to keep the momentum going was absolutely huge. But I want to touch on something in the markets. You know how we're seeing Pepe come through and crash. And of course, I was over at in Vegas this weekend. I had no access to my exchanges, so I couldn't take gains on it. So I'm watching my crypto go up. I'm watching it go back down again. And this morning I found out that You know, Pepe can get listed. It's being listed everywhere. Do you know that Binance just basically goes off of hype and community that they don't actually care about regulations and everything now with what they're listing? So I found that little chunk out this morning. Um,
3: Here's another cool detail, Jenna. We talked about this with Pepe yesterday. I want to get your thoughts. When this price was pumping earlier in the month, we told people there's not enough liquidity on exchanges for people to actually take profits and go into real assets. The top three accounts in Pepe alone, each made $14 million in the last month. So you're wondering as the retail investors are flooding in six weeks into this thing, the people who got in six days are already taking profit. So what are your thoughts there?
1: No, I mean, who doesn't see that coming though? Right. But not everyone is immune to FOMO. I'm not, I had to throw some in. I made more gains off of AI Doge and I was happy that I could get that off of there, but you've got to know how the game is played. So be careful.
0: And abs, if you went to the three T conference and you saw, My presentation, this is exactly what we showed you. We showed you exactly how these pump and dumps are played, how the emotion drives it up and down, and how you're going to get your money taken. So hopefully you you were at the Academy uh, show and you saw or you were a live stream, you would have seen it. Um, Because to me, that's the kind of stuff you want to educate yourself to be, a better, smarter investor in whatever you do. What I taught at that day actually applies to everything, stocks, uh, the crypto market, and so... You know, this way, when stuff like Pepe comes, you realize, like, guys, if you're not either in before it took off and you're going to try to ride the FOMO, all you really are is the exit liquidity. That's Mm -hmm. just just the bottom line. These things do not continue to go up forever. You hear about a few of them. You get excited. You think you're going to make money. on, And the reality is, no, you're going to get rug pulled. You're going to lose your shirt. So make sure you're not wearing one of your favorite shirts because it's going to get taken from you.
3: You're spot on, Johnny. And if you want to talk about projects that are actually making a wave in this space, we're breaking it down today. And guys, we got 256 live listeners already joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button because we're going to about to paint a very specific picture here, Johnny. We're going to show people how Coinbase and Ripple could actually be collaborating to build something historic in the UAE. And we're going to start with this Brad Garlinghouse video. Here we go.
4: So what's your message to the SEC chair as you sit here in the UAE and in Dubai announcing an expansion of your business to this region, given the state of regulation in the United States right now? Who? <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. I actually want to pause it there, guys. So not only is Brad Garlinghouse making public appearances, going to XRP Las Vegas, shaking hands with the community, he's also taking shots at Gary Gensler in Dubai. And when he was asked about United States regulation, Jenny, you heard it himself. Who? Who? So what do you think is going on here? Why do you think he's getting so bold with these public shots against the SEC?
1: Burn, because they're not backing down. They're like, we're going to win this thing. And I think that he's really, really confident that they are. And they're going to make the SEC look really freaking stupid, as they already have the whole way through. But I love the confidence. And it just like makes me feel really, really good about my decision to support XRP.
3: With that being said, here we go. Oh, we're having audio issues here. Johnny, give me While some you're comments. Trying to figure that no. out.
0: While you're trying to figure that out, because uh, I do want to hear that. Okay. I'm, I'm not so sure he was talking when he said who. I'm not sure if you're talking about Gary or something about Coinbase. Can you play that for the beginning? I want to hear that one more time.
4: So what's your message to the SEC chair as you sit here in, the UK okay. and in Dubai announcing an expansion of your business to this region, given the state of regulation in the United States right now? Who?
1: Gary! Yeah. Gary! <laughs>
5: So we were talking a little bit earlier, I find it as a a, US, a company that started in the United States and as someone who's a U.S. citizen, I, it's sad. Like I have sadness about this. The U, U.S. is getting it passed, not just a little bit, but by a lot. And, you know, but the, the tough thing about this is you have a, a country that I think has put politics ahead of policy. And, you know, that's not a good decision if you're trying to invest in the economy, you're seeing, you know, certainly here in the UAE with VARA, the virtual asset, or excuse me, virtual asset regulatory authority, certainly what's happened recently in Europe with Mika. Uh, the United States is definitely stuck and you know, Ripple, the, the the case with the SEC, we will spend, the first time I've shared this publicly, by the time it's said that we will have spent $200 million defending ourselves against a lawsuit, which from its very beginning, people were like, this doesn't make a lot of sense. You have video footage of the chair of the SEC as a professor at MIT saying 75% of these digital assets are commodities. And now he says they're all securities because he's the head of the SEC and he's seeking power and he's putting power ahead of sound policy to grow an economy in the United States. Blockchain technologies are being invested in pursuit and the entrepreneurship outside the united states and one of the first pieces of advice i give entrepreneurs when they come and ask me hey, i getting something started i will say if i were you i would not start in the united states and i think there's a lot of u.s based companies and even u.s public companies that would agree with that
3: jenna it reminds me of the conversation that me and johnny had with jeremy hogan he said in 2020 there were tons of companies approaching individual people like jeremy to get involved in crypto in the united states but now when they're approached They tell them go somewhere else. So Brad Garland now saying that same statement, it's actually reassuring. What stuck out to you about this video?
1: Well, absolutely the same thing. Um, about Jeremy Hogan, they were like, you know what, don't even bother coming to the US and everything. But what I was thinking was whenever I was in XRP Vegas and I was talking to all different community members, you know, there are a lot of them that really believe that this whole thing is a show and that maybe, you know, yes, the SEC did come after them. And now they're actually working together to build out this framework and that this is already taken care of and that, you know, it's already a done deal that they'll win.
3: Johnny, do you remember two months ago when they were telling us March 31st, we are guaranteed to have this summary judgment or something along those lines? And I'm not talking about Jeremy Hogan and John Deaton. I'm just talking about the XRP community in general. And one of the things that we've realized right now is that Coinbase and Ripple are seeming to have the same agenda. Once Coinbase got that SEC Wells notice, they completely flipped. And now we've seen key officials at both companies, not only meeting together in America, but now both Coinbase And Ripple are speaking in the UAE at this event, and we're going to show our listeners a video of uh, Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, criticizing Gary Gensler in the same way that Brad Garlinghouse was. So what stuck out to you about the Garlinghouse clip first?
0: Well, first of all, anybody who watches my movies knows the rule here, okay? The enemy of my enemy is my friend, and this is exactly what you're seeing happen here, right? Like Coinbase and Ripple are not liking each other, but now that they're both being sued by the same entity or having problems with the same entity— I mean, Gensler has done something that only Gensler could do. He's brought two, two companies here. Shit, he might even bring a third one where they go after Biden. We may see Binance, Ripple. I mean, as an industry guy, I want to see Binance, Ripple, and Coinbase all come together and all be like, okay, we all have the same common enemy. We need to band together. We need to fight these guys and get some policy in place. And that means working with congressmen. That's the only way you win this battle, Abs. You're not winning this thing going against Gary. Gary has nothing to do with it. Gary's just a policeman, right? The rules and the laws are made by our Congress, and that is where Ripple and and you know you saw what FTX did, right? What did they do? They went and bought everybody, right? And then, and then for a while, but we really need Ripple, Coinbase, Binance, all those guys working together with congressmen to go put good policy regulation in place, so then Gary becomes irrelevant, right? You take you take away. The unclear, you know, the, the irregular or the unclear and you know, clarity in the space, and then it's no longer a problem. But Brad is spot on. It's sad because we have it. There is no innovation happening in the US. I want you to think about something else. $200 million wasted on attorneys. Imagine what that could have done in jobs and in potential innovation and creation that could have happened here, right here in the US. I think they're based in California. Imagine how many jobs they could have put that. How many people could that have fed? How many jobs could they have created? And instead, maybe five attorneys got rich. Really, really sad. And that's all thanks to your SEC.
3: Absolutely, Johnny. And one of the biggest things that we've been talking about throughout these couple of weeks is how Coinbase and Ripple are slowly coming together. And now Coinbase is honestly, they're opening up a way that we could see an XRP relisting on their exchanges even though it wouldn't be in the United States. So we're gonna play this quick video from one of their lead officials, Brian Armstrong here, discussing United States crypto regulation and how a lot of companies, they're on their way out.
4: Walk me through the environment that we're operating in right now. What's really fascinating, Brian, is that Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies have rallied through a crisis in the regional banking sector in the United States. Bitcoin is up more than 70% here today. Explain to me why we're seeing the outperformance in crypto, when it seems like the rest of the financial world is in a state of meltdown, given concerns in the macro economy and rising interest rates.
2: Yeah, that's right. So Bitcoin is up about 70% year to date. And I think what you touched on is the right answer, which is that there was a the bank failures in the US did cause people to look again at crypto and try to think about this as an alternative system. You know, just zooming out, I think that's the most important thing people should think about with crypto is that this is a technology that can be used to update the financial system and improve it in many different ways. And the financial system is in major need of an update. We've seen this from customers we talk to all over the world. They They feel like the current traditional financial system is too slow and the fees are too high and people don't have equal access. So that's really important. Crypto is a technology that can update the financial system.
3: I'd love to pause it there and get some comments from you, Johnny. It reminds me of the article that Jenna's going to address later in this episode where Ripple is already live with their ODL system in 13 African nations today. And the reason I bring that up is because he called crypto an upgrade to the financial system. And that's exactly what Ripple's doing overseas. Ripple's saving people up to 8% on remittance payments. And so anybody who doesn't adopt this technology, Johnny they're going to be left in the dust because everyone's going to move into something that can save them 6% instead of paying those traditional gas fees and waiting for longer settlement. But we got 330 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. And Johnny, give me your thoughts on Brian Armstrong's statements there.
0: No, Brian spot on. I couldn't agree with him more. I believe that's exactly what's happening. Think about it, right? You got people putting money in the bank. The bank's supposed to be the safest thing in the world, right? We put your money in the bank, supposed to be safe, supposed to be protected. People lose their money. So what are they going to do? They're going to take it out. And like the natural human being, you're going to look for some other alternative that could be, you know, another uh, option that may be safer. And while you thought crypto was a scam, and most people probably thought it because they kept hearing, you know, on the news every day how bad is the Ponzi scheme. The reality is you're probably sitting going oh, wait a minute, crypto is a scam, but the banks are the ones that are failing. I don't see I don't see PTC fail, but I see the banks closing. And that's probably driving some people to say, you know what, maybe at this point. What the hell else do I have left to use? I can't put the money, can't put the money in the bank. Nobody puts the money in the mattress anymore. You don't earn anything on it. So, you know, you, you can dig up the backyard, put a few in the jars. And want, and I don't have any backyard, so I don't come looking. But, uh, you know, so the reality is just going, you know, people are saying, okay, let me look for all their alternatives. And I think you're seeing some of that. Maybe they're going like, oh, you know what? Bitcoin went down to 15. Now it's back to 30. Maybe it's real. All right. And so I could see some money flowing out of the failed system and into into crypto. And that actually adds is a good thing because it almost gives instant credibility. Be Like, oh, wow, people are taking the money out of something that was supposed to be the safest thing in the world. And they're not putting it into something that's the unsafest, that they're being told is the unsafest thing in the world, which means it's building confidence and validation that, hey, maybe crypto ain't so bad after all. That's a good start for the future.
3: Yeah. And with that being said, I'm going to play the second half of this clip. Here we go
0: technology that can
4: update the financial system. Has the crisis in the regional banks had a material
2: impact on Coinbase? No, so we feel quite comfortable in our current uh, situation with the banks that we work with. Um, You know, we we had about five banks that we worked with in the US um, going back a few months, and then we did see uh, the failure of two of those. But we've since um, restored that level of redundancy uh, with new bank relationships, and so we feel like we're in a really solid place on that front. And I think that just speaks to the uh, commitment to compliance and, um, and regulation that Coinbase has really exhibited from the early days as a company. Going back even 10 years, you know, that was a clear decision that we made and I made as CEO then to say, we we're gonna embrace regulation, think of it as a business opportunity, and a business enabler. And uh, I think that's helped us get some of the best banking partnerships around the world.
3: And Jenna, it reminds me of this article right here, where Coinbase is actually filing to get the SEC to answer nearly fifty specific questions in regards to crypto. But the reason this is so important is because they filed this petition twelve months ago, and the SEC just left them on ignored. They didn't even answer the thing. Here they are actually having to countersue to force the SEC to answer questions about crypto. But every time we hear from their officials. They say the rules are clear, so they won't answer questions. They want people to come in and work. But every time they do, they're walking out with a lawsuit. What did you think about Brian Armstrong's statements and this clip right here?
1: No, I love that they are, you know, challenging the SEC right back, throwing it right back in the face. Like, no, we absolutely want answers. But, you know, it makes everybody pretty relieved to know that they weren't affected by, you know, SVB and all of these other bank failures. And it's great that they're being transparent with that and like, nope, this is what we're gonna do. And also if we need to move out of the US and we need to go operate in that what Bahamas, I think that's where they're going, that is exactly what we're gonna do. And we're gonna take our business and we are gonna make you answer us. We're not gonna let it slide. So I absolutely love that. And, you know, I don't understand why, why we cannot just do what the UAE is doing. What is the freaking hold up here? Obviously, we have shady mofos at work that need to keep us on this broken system. Why? Because blockchain creates transparency and they don't want that. They don't want us to move forward. Like if we would just follow what the UAE is doing, we could have simple rules on licensing, AML, blockchain based platforms, crypto trading and all of that good stuff and taxation. It's really not that freaking hard. I need mean, they need to pull their heads out of their asses. That's all I got.
0: Oh, I like that. Pull their heads out <laughs> of their ass. You know what, abs, think about how broken, how broken our system is that we that Coinbase actually has to threaten to sue the SEC to get answers to questions. We gotta sue them. We can't even get an answer. We can't even get an answer that is extremely sad and speaking of answers jenna someone's got a question here we're not going to answer tonight tune in to late night crypto next thursday or friday night and we'll get an answer for you on that one but abs it's just so sad that we are living in a world where we can't in this space in this crypto space we can't even these poor guys can't even get an answer to how to operate and every time you see gary in interviews gary say Oh, come on in. The door's open. Hey, come on, have a cup of coffee. We'll work with you. We want you to succeed. And and instead, we can't even get an answer to the question. How long have they been waiting for the answers apps? How long was it? Six months? I forgot the time. But they've been waiting for longer, right? Yeah, since last year. Johnny,
1: well, the rules are clear. What are you talking about? Yes,
0: I know. I, you know what, Jenna? I keep forgetting. I'm old. I forget. You're right. The rules are clear. Hey, come on in. Visit our website. Fill out the form and it's all good. <laughs> Actually, Jeremy Hogan said, was it Jeremy or John Dean? Somebody said it. Very, very interesting thing this weekend at the conference. I, I, I don't know if you remember this, or Jenna. But he said, yeah, I think it was Hogan. He said, we got to get Hogan back on the show. He said, how can you say, and he was kind of drawing this to Gary in the SEC, that you know, we're ready to work with you and everything. When when you go, when you look at the actual form to fill out if you're a crypto company and you want to get started, it asks you how many shares of stock you're going to initiate. <laughs> it's not even the right questions on the form, Abs.
3: Yeah. Crazy. You it guys remember crazy. that? I do. And while you're muting your phone for me there, Johnny, because I got to ask I'm if muting you. muting it right now. Phone, one of the things I wanted to show our listeners is Canadians are officially moving into a central bank digital currency. And while we're talking about decentralized platforms like XRP, we're going to talk a little polka dot later in the episode. Canadians have until June 19th to weigh in on a central bank digital currency. About 20 questions they'll have to answer. Some of the key details they're looking for are gender, ethnicity, education, income, postal code, and a couple other things. Another statement is that digital currencies like Bitcoin could compromise the central bank digital currency role that Canada is trying to promote within this thing. So Jenna, are you concerned that Canada is already moving towards a CBDC?
1: Um. Yeah, everybody's moving towards CBDC. It's like I have a whole map of everybody that's moving towards CBDCs. It's a matter of time. And the problem is people just aren't educated on this. They're like, what is this? What is this? Another census? I just fill this out. Like they need all the data and they are going to get their control. This is it's it's happening. But yes, it's concerning.
3: Over 110 countries have already been confirmed by the IMF, Johnny, to be working on a central bank digital currency today. So to see Canada lead this initiative, it's really not surprising when you look at what happened in 2020. And I want to give a shout out to Mentelecht. He said CBDCs are inevitable, but are they going to be built on public blockchains? That's the key question everyone's going to be asking. And one of the articles we're showing our listeners right now, Johnny, is digital asset will start a global blockchain network with Deloitte, Goldman Sachs, and several others. Well, what is this going on here? We've got billion dollar institutions coming in, creating private blockchains specifically for themselves. But Jenna, I'd love for you to fill in some key details. What are they actually building this on? And what did you find interesting about this article?
1: Well, I found that it was like some DeFi that was built on top of Polkadot initially. And I pulled the white paper this morning and I'm like, looking at it, I'm like, what is this? Because, you know, I'm not a developer or anything like that. I can't read code. I can't do all of those things. But what I did find interesting and I don't know how many of you guys are actually familiar with the term DAML and that is just a smart track smart contract scale smart contract programming language whose distinguishing features are built in the models of authorization and privacy. I didn't even know what that is. But my thing is, I'm coming away from the XRP conference in Las Vegas, right? We have the XRPL that is running 10 years, no downtime, right? This is new. This white paper here is from like 2020. I don't know you know, how long they've been working on it before that. But if you're going to get wide adoption, institutional use and everything like that, I don't see that them adopting this right away. Yes, this could be something that they're working on, but I think it's going to be a long time before it's actually put into play. And then you have XLM that already has these smart contract capabilities and they don't use private ledgers. It's all open. So I'm not really sure. They're always going to take something, need it, make it better, but I'm not worried about this right now, if that makes sense.
3: It definitely makes sense. And it, what we're what's a good thing that we're seeing is that Coinbase and Ripple are putting the SEC in a position where, whether they like it or not, we're going to get some form of clarity in the coming months. And Johnny, I just wanted to get some brief comments there. But before I do that, check out this video or this tweet from Gary Gensler. Or sorry, not Gary Gensler. This is David Schwartz tweeting out, if Jed McCaleb throws a pin at you and run, the crazy fool certainly doesn't realize he's holding a live grenade. So David Schwartz has taken shots at Jed McCaleb and XLM here. I thought that was funny. What did you think about Jenna's statements?
0: Yeah, um, I I, I, uh, I agree in terms of... We Private want-
3: blockchain and public blockchains.
0: Thank you. I, I, I 100% agree that... Well, what I believe, I should say, is that I don't think we're going to see a lot of public blockchains for, for a... Uh, a government-run banking system, CBDC system, which, by the way, Bentelec is 100% right. It's uh, inevitable. It's coming, no question. Um, but I don't think it's going to be public. I think it's going to be primarily private. Could there be some elements of it that's public apps? Yeah, maybe. You know, a little bit here, a little bit there. But for the most part, the, the banks have already said that we are, we want a private system. There's no way in the world they're going to let it be a public system, in my opinion, a public chain. And I believe Ripple has worked on making uh, the ability to switch their uh, public chain. You know, they have a rip a chain, the ODL that can be private, so it's not going to be a problem, and it still uses the XLP XRP and ODL, so it's not a big deal. Uh, it's just not. It just all it means when when we say public or private is private meaning you can't see what's going on you can't see where things are moving and there's no way these institutions they're going to want their privacy so either one or two things are going to happen apps you're going to have either a private chain which i think is going to happen or if they somehow adopt the public chain there will be things they put in place to turn it or make it private so access you know can only be seen by certain things so or certain individuals or certain entities that's my guess i don't see a full blown public cbdc system no no way i don't so, think so.
1: and why is that because they're shady the banks are shady financial institutions are shady okay
0: it's too easy you know what jenna it's too easy to follow the money
1: exactly mm-hmm. exactly that's, exactly. that's yeah. why it's gonna be private
3: Johnny, it reminds me of the article that we saw where the Republic of Palau, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, showed that they were building a public central bank digital currency on the XRPL. And we had a representative at Ripple confirm it is on the public blockchain. It is going to be open to the public. So what does that mean to you? We're going to see these real world assets flow into the public blockchain. Does that put us in a position to capitalize on that profit?
0: I think that's part of the reason why they're not going to want to have a full blown public system because it's going to give too much information to people will be able to use it manipulate it, and take advantage of it and, and and actually maybe use it for good especially with with the AI systems out there so I think that while the early tests were you know to test what was available and at the time the ripple system was the the public one was available that's the one they chose to test I don't think you want to read into that and say well they tested public so it's going to be public no the reality is they don't care whether it's public or private right now they don't care Right now, they're just testing the system to see if it works, and that's what they're looking for. And then it's like, oh, okay, this works great. We like it. No, by the way, we want the private one. And I think that's what's ultimately going to happen in the long run. If you were to ask me, if I were a betting man, which obviously you saw, I don't like betting because it doesn't work so great at the casinos for sure. (laughs) Don't play. I mean, it's unbelievable. We have five bad hands of blackjack in a row. I I wish it was
3: five. I had like maybe a dozen. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah Maybe- but you had an angel watching over you, Abbs, because you ended up walking away break even. So that's frozen. true.
4: That's a good
3: point.
1: <laughs> Maybe the really like third world countries and everything—they're issuing CBDCs. Maybe they'll get launched on a public blockchain like Stellar because you figure it's uh what five hundred one c three, right? It's a stellar foundation, right? And every single thing on it is public and open source. And their goal is to help, you know, these countries be able to have access to money and the border payments, all of those same things. So I think that maybe we could see it um, in those kind of countries.
3: And you know what it reminds me of? And Johnny, I'm going to kick it back to you before we go into our next article, all the world being a stage and we're seeing Brad Garlinghouse dismiss the United States and the regulatory officials in this country at that summit in Dubai. And Jenna brought up the reason why. They're beta testing in these smaller countries right now. And I think that what he understands is that regardless of what happens in this lawsuit, countries around the world are going to give the regulation to ripple in order to build on this technology. And that's probably what we're seeing. So I wanted to get your thoughts there.
0: Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, there's no question about it, that the U S is pushing everything up. Everybody else is saying, come on in, you know? And so we are seeing the adoption and the growth that we wish we could see here in the U S. But I told you already many times, like I think, I think Brad is smart going around the world, doing tours, talking about, talking about um, Ripple and talking about the XRP and the ODL and this technology and, and the new system and how block. He, you notice know, what he said? It's the first time I've really heard him say it, you know, where he really, really emphasized it. But he used the word blockchain. You know, he's starting to talk about the technology itself and how it's here to stay And that because really that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about a different version of software in terms of how we create you know, the development of the next, the backbone of the next system we call web 3.0. It's going to be a blockchain type uh, topology that they're using. And and obviously we know that it's incentivized and driven by, in some blockchains, the use of its cryptocurrency to keep keep things running, right? And to keep it decentralized. So I think abs- it's wonderful that we're seeing that adoption globally. And I think you've got a map here. Yeah. So this is where Ripple is. These are all the locations that Ripple's OER is being tested.
3: Currently live, not even tested. This is live and operating in Africa. And I'm going to read a couple of sentences before I kick it to Jenna here. The African blockchain report of 2022 revealed that Ripple and XRP are already being utilized in 13 African countries today. In the report, which was released during April of 2023, but has gone unnoticed by the XRP community. The opportunities for digital payment service providers like Ripple in Africa are overwhelming, according to this report. While the region has already made significant progress in recent years, much of the potential is still untapped. It says by 2025 alone, electronic payment revenue is expected to grow 20% by up to $40 billion. However, there are still gaps in the continent's financial system that live countless people outside of African businesses. And it reminds me of the CBDC article that we showed, Johnny where um, World Economic Forum, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and Ripple are working together to take 1.7 billion Africans and bring them into the banking system. So to see that Ripple's live in 13 countries today, no surprises there. Yet less less than 10% of total payments in Africa are currently made digitally. And according to this report, blockchain and crypto, crypto-renabled remittances can save an average of up to 6.3%, in suburban Africa and up to 8.5% in traditional methods. So Jenna, with that being said, I'd love to get some additional details for you. Is it any surprise at all that uh, that Africa is where Ripple is really starting their expansion?
1: No, I mean, especially if you have this country that has an overwhelming need for it. And it's a beautiful thing because we're seeing it actually being used What doing what is meant to do, which is cross-border tra- um, transactions. It's Helping so many people with their remittances. But I want to hop on and just kind of like go over some of the little examples that I found earlier because it's like, how? How is this being used? What you know where? So some of the ones that are using it are BitPesa, that's a digital currency exchange, Flutterwave, that is a payment technology company. So it's using the XRP to facilitate the cross border payments. CoinFirm, which I found cool, is actually a compliance platform. That uses XRP to facilitate the cross-border payments, but they focus on, you know, the KYC and AML and everything. Um, So that's huge because it enables the businesses to comply. Um, And then Zago is another one, which is a South African fintech company that is utilizing XRP. So there's just a couple examples but it's definitely out there. And that's just it makes me so excited, guys. Like we're seeing it go.
3: Absolutely, Jenna. And you know what gets me excited? You're not just saying that they're using Ripple's technology. It's confirmed that this technology is leveraging XRP. Brad Garlinghouse said it himself, nearly 60% of on-demand liquidity transactions today use XRP to facilitate those payments. So Johnny, nearly 13 countries are already moving and using this product. When can we anticipate real adoption? If we see trillions or at least billions of transactions flood into this network, people like us holding the token should see some price appreciation, why haven't we seen it yet with these small amounts of transactions?
0: No, 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 no. There's not, <laughs> there's not enough. there's so nowhere nearly enough uh, adoption of this yet where I think we're, we're, where we're going to, I mean, we're talking the small segment of the world that's using it. What's the total
3: demand at $30 There's actually a better question. And I wanted to make it simple for our listeners out there. Sure. The answer was No, right. But what I was trying to show was if $40 billion worth of payments are going to flood in, in the next couple of years, which is what they're stating. Is that enough to move the needle?
0: Mm, Forty billion. I don't. I don't. I think you know when I saw some of the actual projections a while back of how much we would need for demand, it was somewhere closer into like the the hundreds of, of billions before you get a decent valuation for for. You got to understand that you're just trading. You're moving it back and forth, and, but but of course you want it taken out of the market and. and leverage and when you get into derivatives that's when it really skyrockets but i think abs that you know we're gonna have to see somewhat upwards in the in the uh, you know hundreds of billions 500 600 billion that's when you're really gonna see some exciting prices i think but right now we're talking very very small numbers and it's not anything that you know right now that i think what gets me excited is just the, the that it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do abs you can't expect you flip a switch, and every single country has it sitting in the no. This thing's like a just like a slow grown. I hate to use this word, but I just can't think of a better analogy. It's like a virus, you need it to spread. It takes time, it moves slow. You know, this country picks up, that country picks up. Then we do it over here, we try it over here, and you start building out the network of it. And next thing you know, 80, you know, 40 countries are using it. Then there's 80 countries, then there's 120 countries. That's what needs to happen. So you asked me a question earlier, you know, how long is it gonna take? It's gonna take a long damn time. It's going to take years. We're not, this isn't going to happen overnight. And that's why this is not a cheap plug. This is actually truthful. That's why you need to have an exit plan. And you need to say, hey, if this thing starts to move up over the next year, two years, take some profits. Because, you know, most likely the real super growth is going to be years away. I mean, look, just look at the internet and Amazon In my example, right, where Amazon went from 17, 27, 30 in the early years, but it didn't get to 3,300 abs until 20 years later, right? So I know nobody's going to like to hear that. Nobody wants to hear it, but the reality is that's probably the truth. It's going to be a similar kind of thing. You're going to get some pump now, then you can get some pullback, and then you're going to see the real growth 5, 10, 12 years, 15 years from now. And you
3: know what, Johnny? Ask anybody who didn't take profit during 2017 if they had wished they could change and had an exit plan. The big big the biggest win I ever had in the crypto market was following blockchain backers exit strategy, where he said, sell 65% of your project and you keep 35% for a moon bag. That way you're playing both sides of the fence. You don't have to be all in or all out. If you believe in something, there's no reason to exit it 100%. Let's say even if you had 100 XRP and we hit $100, you want to cash it all out? Keep two. Five ten percent of your holdings. That way, if it does continue to increase, you can get a little bit of profit there. But guys, you know what I call that?
0: We call that schmuck insurance. (laughs) I need it. (laughs) Keep five to no, you did it right. Keep five to ten percent, right? Don't let it go because you never know where the top is going to be. But and then you don't look like a schmuck when you sell all like I did at twenty seven bucks because I sold three. If I kept schmuck insurance, well, the bad news I probably wouldn't have known you so.
3: Answer that question there, Johnny. Take profits, but put them where. And really quick, guys. We got, real question, Great. real quick. We got 372 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. And the reason I wanted to cut you off there, Johnny, is just to point out that Ripple also put out an article stating that by 2030, they're anticipating $213 billion worth of CBDCs to be in the market. So when you say what's facilitating these ODL payments, there's your answer right there. But sorry, I wanted to get back to you. When you're taking profits on XRP, what are you actually moving into?
0: Oh, my God, this is a wonderful, wonderful question. Thank you, Rob, Roscoe Cobb, Roscoe, Cobb, I already said that. Thank you for asking this question because uh, we were actually just talking about that this week And Abs and I, we were in Vegas, and we're saying, what do you do when you, there we go, I love Jenna with that Merlin shirt. So purdy, so purdy. You make that shirt look so good. All right, so uh, what you want to do, guys, is if you haven't read the book, and I give Coach, this, this credit goes to so Coach, if you haven't read the book, the smartest man, man in Bob Babylon. Blah, the smartest man in Babylon. Go read the book. You need to take your money and put it in other assets, at least 10, 20, 30% of it, in other assets that make you more money. Otherwise, you know what's going to happen? Let's say you make a million dollars in XRP. Let's say, you know, you get it and you take that million dollars. And you go buy a boat and you go buy a, a plane and you go, uh, you go travel, love the schmuck insurance for sure. And you go to Hawaii and you go here, you go there. Guess what? That million dollars going to drain so damn fast. You're going to pick up the glass, but where's all my money? It's going to be gone. Why? Because you weren't smart. You didn't take your money, a good chunk of it and put it into something else. That's going to continue to create the most important word in the world. cash flow. You, we all need as humans, all the rich people, take assets and buy more assets that generate cash flow. like, for example, a rental property, um, uh, uh a gas station, you know, uh, a laundromat, you know, those things make more money. So you want to take your money. Great question. mom. And put it into something like that. And by the way, people are like, oh, I don't want to be a landlord. Guess what? You don't have to, you can buy a rental property. You can hire a, a management service. They run the company for you. You pay them 10% and then you keep the profits. And now, of that million dollars, you take 300,000, go buy a couple properties. Now, those properties are getting you cash flow. And then you can take the 70,000, and go enjoy your life and have fun. Right. But that's a great question, Rob. Thanks for asking it. Because I really, really ble- I got another question I want to answer, but I'm not going to do it. You know it what,
3: now. Johnny? Actually, let's keep the conversation going because you make a great point. I actually have a different strategy. It's not that I don't agree. I think yours is freaking awesome. The reason that I'm just going to provide a different perspective mm-hmm. if you're trying to store your wealth, If you're trying to generate income and if you're trying to make money on an investment are all different places that you can put your money. So Johnny's talking about the cash flow aspect of it. Let's talk about the store of value aspect of it. When somebody wants to make money in these markets, the first place they go is to the altcoins, right? But maybe some of the ways that you can store your wealth over time, and I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist, guys, but is to get some exposure to Bitcoin, Ethereum, and obviously XRP. You go into these assets that you believe not only have long-term utility, but have partnership with big banks. JP Morgan's building on Ethereum. JP Morgan's going nowhere. So if JP Morgan decides to use that technology, we're going to be the ones who profit directly off of that. But I'd also like to talk about gold and silver, Johnny. So when it comes to storing your wealth, what do you think about gold and silver as opposed to crypto assets?
0: Well, Abs, you just nailed it. So I always focused very specifically on that one question of how to generate app. But the reality is the real answer to Rob's question is you want to diversify your... That's what I'm doing. I already told you Abs what I'm doing, so you already know but you want to diversify so any earnings I get off crypto I'm diversifying into some gold into some silver into some crypto yes Bitcoin you're gonna hate me whatever I don't care I'm buying some Bitcoin and I'm also buying assets that produce income like you know get not not probably not you know I'm not a guy I'm a real estate guy so I'll probably buy some rental properties maybe a laundromat something but I'll I'll be investing in something like that so I'm gonna have this huge diversified portfolio of Store value stuff to preserve capitalization. That's going to be gold, silver, and, and BTC. And then some kind of assets that produce income like rental property. So to me, that's... The, and then I'm also going to do the whole leverage life insurance thing. So it's going to
3: be this whole portfolio, all these different things that I'm going to be doing. And in- really quick, Johnny, let's get another cheap plug in here, guys. The best place to learn about every single one of those things, oh. Airbnb. No, 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 not Merlin. The best place to track your crypto. <laughs> no, but seriously, the, the if you want to learn about Airbnb exit strategies, wh- whether it's crypto gold, we have all of that within the three mm-hmm. warrior Academy. So go check it out down below. You can get access to it for seven days. Absolutely free. Check out everything we're doing in there. But Jenna, before I kick it back to you for some statements, I just wanted to read this one update here. Ripple is targeting a $213 billion market. And like we just broke down, 13 countries today in Africa are already using this technology. We're going to see much more of that throughout the next decade. A study found that the value of payments in CBDCs could reach $213 billion annually by the year 2030. In 2023, we're only sitting at a $100 million market. That would put us at 260,000 percent growth in just the next eight years. So Jenna, what do you think about both the African news and the CBDC news, because I do think they play into each other.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I definitely think that these are good indicators that we're in at the right time. Um, but I still think that's a drop in the bucket from what's to come. You know what I mean? I think that we're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars that will end up th- flowing through here, not just billions. And that's what I'm really excited about. But this is still good for us.
3: What's funny yeah. is that we're seeing this other adoption take place right now. We broke down the, um, the relationship between Ripple and Coinbase. And this is a JP Morgan report from 2021. And I think it actually filters into this whole narrative. It said, if the company is able to win the SEC lawsuit and trading resumes on major crypto exchanges like Coinbase, XRP is poised for significant adoption. And we broke it down throughout the episode, but check out the headline I'm going to show you right here. Coinbase executives visit the UAE to test potential of a strategic hub for international operations. Why is that important, Jenna? That's exactly what Brad Garlinghouse said. He used the same words an international strategic hub for crypto. What do you think is going on here? Is that a coincidence or are these guys working together?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't know that they're working together, but we've already seen Stuart Alderati say that, you know, exactly what Johnny said, um, what an enemy of my enemies is my friends. Um, so they definitely could be, but they see the growth and development that's happening. I mean, the UAE has taken such a progressive approach to cryptocurrency and we, they already have the framework they have Vera and everything. So it's not surprising that they would be there and that it would be seen as such.
3: So, Johnny, with Brian Armstrong making these bold statements as he's asking the SEC for questions, what are you anticipating? If they do go international, are they going to cease operating in the United States? Or are we going to see a a dynamic here where American investors are at a massive disadvantage? For the first time in nearly 80 years, Americans are sitting at a huge disadvantage when it comes to investing in a particular market. And this is something that we've never seen before. So if it continues, it's going to be devastating. What's it mean to you, man?
0: Get used to it. What do I tell you this weekend? We're going to go through things we've never gone through before. Actually, I think I talked about it yesterday on the show, right? We're going to lose the status of the world reserve currency under our – it's going to happen under our watch while, while we're alive. We're going to see it. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jen. I hate to say it. But we're gonna, we are going to see things in our lifetime that – we haven't seen yet. And this is going to, you know, that's going to be one of them for sure. In terms of this move, I, abs market. Uh, if I had a, if I was a bet man, which obviously this week proved that I'm not a good one, at least a pleasure, um this weekend. Uh, I would say 80% chance, 80% chance Coinbase opens up something globally. No, I, I'm almost, almost, I would say hundred, but I, it all depends on how they get treated by the sec. Uh, but, but I don't think While I say that I, they're not going to close operations in the U S. They'll keep them open and they'll keep whatever they can, um, you know, at a very, very – but they'll make it very minimal, but they'll stay here just so they can keep – if they were smart, they would stay here and keep their toes in the water, but they would go and open up and and kind of, you know, go and do where where they're welcome worldwide so they can grow their footprint worldwide. And then they all know at some point, sooner or later, the U.S. is going to eventually say – Okay, we welcome you guys to come in. And then they'll come back in. So they're going to want to stay here and keep their toes here, keep an operation here. But I would think they're going to do what Binance did. They'll literally copy, for the most part, I guess the Binance model. Well, they'll be strong globally and have just a, a small operations in the U.S. That's my guess.
4: That Sorry,
3: Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I got stuck on the mute. One of the things I was actually looking at this morning is that right now, Binance.us is the next crypto exchange that's potentially being sued by the SEC there's, a, there's supposedly a rumor from the Department of Justice. But can you imagine, Jenna? We don't have Coinbase anymore. We're not going to have Binance anymore. What are they doing to the average crypto investor? They're pushing us into sketchier crypto exchanges. And now, obviously, I'm making a leap here right. by, saying, by saying we don't have them anymore. But it seems like they don't want this technology in the US. And Gary Gensler told us why. They're going to regulate this market through exchanges. They don't have to tell you Ethereum's illegal. If you can't find a place to buy it, good luck. Doesn't matter, right? So what does that mean to right. you?
1: It means they want to keep us poor until they roll out CBDCs and tell us how we can use our money. So they just want to make it like so we don't have this even playing field. You stay in your place. You're going to be a slave. And that's exactly what I think that they want to do. And As long as we still have our VPNs, I'm good. But, you know, if that gets taken away, we got to get out of this country
3: absolutely but now you can almost be facing 20 years in prison if you're using a vpn jenna so i'll be sure to mute that next yeah, time. no <laughs> no <laughs> Jenna listen, didn't say it, vpn she it's didn't...
1: gonna be a very long time before they can get rid of that i guarantee you because that is definitely one of our rights i really don't think that they're going to be able to do that i don't
3: johnny what do you think about this comment right here coinbase is blackrock no one wants them around this is a great point guys this is an a, this is clear evidence of all the world being a stage because BlackRock runs the United States. BlackRock owns over 10 trillion in assets. There's only two countries on the planet who produce more wealth than that, and they own Coinbase. They've actually not only helped found the company, they founded the stablecoin USDC as well. So while you're hearing this narrative and decentralization's bad, the same people who are telling you that are the ones profiting behind the scenes. And that's what
0: hey, let me just grab it. I just I'll just show you three letters that will explain everything. This is what you're watching. I mean, Tim. We say it all the time, right? That's what we're at. The reality is exactly, Abs. If if you look behind the scenes, and you see what's going on, the reality is they're owned by the big boys, which means they ain't going anywhere. They're gonna survive this thing. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna work out in the end, and they'll ultimately be here. But the problem is because we're all here so early, and we're watching the making of the sausage. People love to eat the sausage, but nobody understands what it looks like to make it. And now they're seeing the making of, them and they're like. Ugh. See, I don't like the, I don't like the making of no shit You like the taste of it It tastes great, right? Um, but when you're actually watching the process In anything you do That's a very, very potentially You know, disturbing situation And that's what we're seeing here You're just watching an ugly process That some point later on I believe is going to pay out That's why I'm staying in this space But Abs, I love, you know I love our audience And I really have to get to this question Because it's very important And I feel it's important to help our audience And this guy says here or lady says, you know, XRP better not be a dud or I'm screwed. And the reason why a comment like this worries me about our audience is because, guys, if you're making a comment like that, that means you're probably not diversified enough. You're betting all your horses, all your eggs in one basket or all on one horse. And, you know, my strategy, not that you have to follow mine, but I'm just saying if you're making a comment like that, you're probably in trouble and, and that's not a good way to invest. Start thinking about some diversification. If you're watching this show, you've already started in the right spot. Look at the ISO 2022 uh, coins, but don't put all your eggs in. And I don't, t- I'm not gonna tell you what, you're gonna do, but just I would not personally put all my eggs in one basket abs. I hate to see people do that. I don't want to see anybody get wrecked in the market. And if you're betting on just one horse, oh boy, that's you know, listen, we all love XRP here, and none of us are betting on just XRP, right? Abs and Jenna, we got our horses got a bunch of horses in that stable. And I would just encourage, you know, you out there and and anybody that, God, don't don't put all your horses in. Don't put all your eggs in one basket.
3: And there's a lot of opportunities, whether it's with XRP or the ISOs in general, Johnny. But even though that person's nervous, let's provide a little positive news here. Ripple's expanding in Dubai with 20% of their customers based in MENA and a clear regulatory regime being developed. There's no surprise Dubai is emerging as a key global financial hub for crypto innovation to thrive. This is very funny. You know what the most important detail that Brad Garlinghouse didn't share is? Zero tax in Dubai. Zero. So if you're going to operate in the United States, you're operating at a 20% negative. So how am I trying to phrase this? A company that doesn't have to pay 20% of their profits to the government gets to put that back into the company and compound it over time. Correct. You're at a huge disadvantage. Why would anybody stay in a high tax rate environment if these environments exist otherwise? Yeah,
1: I, know. I know that. I didn't know that.
3: Yeah, isn't that crazy, Johnny? What are you thinking? Is this like... No, is this-
0: it's, it's a huge competitive advantage. Think about it. I can reinvest, If I have a company, I can reinvest that money into into people, into technology, into new acquisitions. It's a huge competitive advantage, and that's why Abs. I personally, I've said it on the show. Dubai will be the tech capital of the world. There's no question about it. Because what's the one thing every company wants to avoid? Taxes. I want pay taxes. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's a compliment or not, Love Stocks. I don't know about being a soft. What the hell was that? Yeah, it just means you have a good heart. That's a I don't compliment. know. Oh, okay. All right. I'll take it. As a yeah, so, man, it's just for the ladies. Okay. So, a man, we don't want to be called softies. All right. This is not a good word. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, <laughs> if you're talking about the heart, I guess that's okay. But anyway, I know I love Love Stock; she's great. Well, Grace,
3: she's great. Johnny, another detail here: whether whether or not the tax rates high, they also don't have their uh, regulatory agencies going after crypto the way we do in the United States. The printing press has been turned off in the U.S., but also the regulatory agents have been turned on, and now the SEC is throwing more cold water on retail investors, stating that they're going to ban the short selling of bank stocks. Johnny, I'm getting an echo from your laptop. Oh, I'll mute it. Um, either way, I'm going to kick it right back to you or Jenna. Jenna, what do you think about this? Gary Gensler again, reaching and trying to take profit away from retail.
1: Did they try to do this in like 2008 or something like that? I feel like this has already been done trying to, I just don't.
3: It's unbelievable. Like I remember, I think it was in January of 2022, they came out and said, federal officials are not allowed to hold stocks. Go and look at when the market peaked. That was the exact moment that the United States stock market peaked and everyone was excited. Look, now Congress isn't going to be able to profit off of specific investments. That's not how the world works. That's Mm -hmm. not how transparent they are. They're just not putting it in their name. I can go to my wife and have her invest for me. So what do you guys think about that?
0: John, I think. I think people are going to depress, be depressed that you have – I think the ladies will be depressed that you have a wife. But other than that, I think you're abs- – <laughs> I think you're absolutely- I don't have a wife. <laughs> I know, you know, but you said it, so I had to play along with it, you know. I was actually thinking about Nancy Pelosi and uh, what was going on there. But so no, I you're absolutely Nancy right, can go to her
3: husband. Her husband can go to wife, vice versa.
0: It's so easy, Abs. You nailed it. You nailed it. You, nailed- you took that hammer. You nailed that son, bitch, you nailed that That nail in the head with one shot. Put the whole thing in. Bang! You did it like missing me out. You go, boom, one shot. Because that's exactly what happened. It's like, oh, hey, you know what? We can't we can't invest in them. Yeah, so we'll just put a name of our cousin or our, aunt or our uncle or, or a third-party friend. I mean, that, of course, there's always ways around rules. You know what the old saying is? I was growing up. They used to say rules are meant to be broken. And so the reality is that's what they're going to do. They're just going to find ways to go around it, and that's what's happening. So everybody got excited, but no. They were probably dumping that day, too, when the market was
2: pumping.
3: Oh, you're spot on, Johnny Crypto. And guys, we got 333 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And you know what? Just to end this episode out, Johnny, because I want to regurgitate this information here. Let's actually just show the beginning of this Brad Garlinghouse clip again because the way that he reacted to the question, I think is so telling. Your best friend, Mr. Brad Garlinghouse. I love this guy.
4: So what's your message to the SEC chair as you sit here in the UAE and in Dubai announcing an expansion of your business to this region given the state
5: of regulation in the United States right now? Who? No, I'm kidding. All right, so look, uh, I, we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I find it as a a, US, a company that started in the United States and as someone who's a U.S. citizen, I, it's sad. Like, I have sadness about this. The U.S. is getting it passed, not just a little bit, but by a lot. And, you know,
3: but is it purposeful, Johnny? I do not know. But let's have a quick, fun conversation at the end of the show. There's a rumor going around in the XRP community on, on different YouTube channels talking about, could it be bad that Brad Garlinghouse showed up to XRP Las Vegas and took pictures with Johnny Crypto? I don't know. That's up for debate. So let's talk about the question here, Johnny. The fact that Brad Garlinghouse made a public appearance to XRP investors in particular is that a positive sign for you now that we're going into a different situation? Does that mean that Brad Garlinghouse isn't worried that this could be used in the case or, or something along those lines?
0: Why are you talking about my best friend, Brad Garlinghouse? What, what's going on over here? What are you talking about?
3: <laughs> you no, I want to answer this.
0: No, I think, you know, listen, at the end of the day, I think it's it's awesome that he came and, and he paid, you know, when he came to uh, XRP Las Vegas, he came out there because I, I personally believe he truly, ha- as a CEO to myself, right? You, you, you tend to have this. Uh, what's the word? I don't, I don't know how to say this right, but you tend to have this like connection to people that support your product, right? Like if someone's supporting Merlin, like I feel like there's a connection there, and then I want to be there for that person. And think about Brad and how strong the XRP army has been there and has supported him and the company throughout all this time. And I think Brad feels obligated to give back to the community. And I feel like when he showed up that night, you kind of heard him say that. Dude, he stood there. He shook hands with all of us. He took pictures with all of us. He stood there for an hour. Right? He came out and did that. He didn't have to do that. But he did that. There he is. Like he said, yeah. He didn't have to do that. But he did it because he felt like it was the right thing to do for the community. And to me, that's the kind of CEO that, you know, I'm proud of him. I like him. I The guy – like, as I model myself, as I, say, I want to be kind of like Brad. He's like the cool man. He's the cool cat. And so, um, you know, kudos to him for coming out and, and showing and doing things that, you know, most CEOs wouldn't do. And to him, I give him a lot of credit for that. Thank you. With- I hope
3: I answered no, your question. Go ahead, Johnny. That's it. That it. Thank you.
1: Listen, the only way that that could have been bad is if he took a picture with Jim Cramer and I don't see any of those. So I think we're pretty safe, guys. Well,
3: that's a great point, Jenna. And one of the things that got us excited earlier this week was that Jim Cramer was bearish on Bitcoin. And that was, that was my sign. Maybe I should start purchasing some BTC, but I'm actually looking for a video from one of our, the guys we met this weekend, Mr. Intuitive Johnny, aka Cool Guy. We're going to show people just to end it out. Why don't you show them your shirt and, and give a quick Merlin update for like 10 seconds while I pull up this video.
0: Uh, yeah, so this is a cool shirt, but Abs, I got to address this question. Where do they go here? So this guy wants to know, Abs, he he, he thought you were my bestie. Of course, Abs is my <laughs> my bestie, but, uh, you know, and Jenna's my other bestie. They're my two favorite kids over here. But anyway, um, you know, uh, yeah, in terms of Merlin, you know, certainly it's it's not Merlin Monday, but uh, we are excited. We did some live demos at Merlin, got a great turnout, was really awesome. Oh, we're going to talk about the party. Yeah, but so guys, sign up on the wait list below if you haven't. There's a link below this here. Get on that wait list. We are getting very close to launching where It's free. It, it's free. It's free. You get a free 30 days. And if you don't get on the wait list and you miss it, up, oh, don't yell at me later. We told you now. Get on it. Johnny, we got like
3: 30 days. seconds here? Let me play this Garlinghouse clip just so we have enough time to end the show. Go here we go. It. Thank you, but I'm here to thank you
5: for all that you have done to support this effort. Truly, it does take an army. And this army has been incredible and in supportive. <laughs>
3: we're gonna win this thing and then we're gonna throw a proper party and we got 327 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button we got tony edward joining us joining the show tomorrow for an interview thank you to johnny crypto thank you to jenna and like we always say warriors rise get your shit together baby thank you for joining us